Is that a, is that a hockey jersey in the back? Yeah, it's yeah. a Bruins jersey. I got that when I was really young. A lot of our relatives live in Massachusetts, so um, there's a lot of Bruins fans in the family. No way, no way. That's awesome. What do you guys you guys like hockey? My roommate certainly does. He was he was pretty mad today when they lost their first home game. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, he's from Mass. He's a big Boston guy, so. Okay. Cool. Not not big hockey people. Kind of goes with the whole California thing, but um, you know, I'll catch a Sharks game every once in a while. Nice. All right, well, we'll get this rolling. Actually, Run Fast Podcast. We are live with two stellar guests of podcasting, two big names in the running community, two of the best high school runners in the nation. Um, again, haven't been doing much podcasting lately. It's been a bit of a break. A lot of school, a lot of running, a lot of skiing for me. I don't know about for Miles. He's been playing basketball. Um, Lex and Leo have been up to stuff as well. Hoping to get, get their knowledge on stuff and whatnot. Um, this is going to be an awesome conversation. Glad to have these guys on. Really, really a great privilege to have these guys. Thank you guys for taking the time. Thanks for having us. So if you guys wouldn't mind giving a little introduction, most of our audience is familiar with Northeast Prep Running. So obviously they'd probably know a little bit about you guys, maybe where you guys run, where you guys go to school, where you guys live, um, a little bit about where you're going to college and all that. So if you guys would like to start, we can start with Lex, move to Leo. Yeah, so I'm Lex. We, I'm, I was born in Camarillo. That's where I still live. Uh, and it's basically the town like just down the hill from Newberry Park. So went to school all in Camarillo. And then for high school, we decided to go to Newberry Park. And that was before they were, uh, it was even like a great cross country team. We just went there for like academic reasons. And when Nico first got there, it like blossomed and just like grew into this like hugely uh, successful program under Sean Brosnan. And so then we joined in and we've been just kind of passing along that torch each year, trying to keep the success going. And it's been super, super exciting. Definitely seeing like all the things come together. Like it's such a unusual scenario and uh and just setting that we're allowed to be in but it's it's been great uh leo's my twin and you want to take it from there yeah sure um we're twins we've been doing the running with each other for a long time it's probably our biggest strength is running together and we really enjoy it we're going to take that to stanford for the next four or so years which will be super exciting i guess I know on the doc you've asked, you kind of wrote like, you know, how we first got into running. Um, really, that just came down to Nico was doing track and yeah, we were yeah. probably in kindergarten or something watching. <laughs> him. It was so frustrating sitting all day at the track meets when he'd run, you know, like the mile in the morning and then the four by four at the very end, which was so frustrating. They were like, screw this. I don't want to be waiting and watching. I just want to do it. The next year we hopped yeah. in and started doing it. And it's kind of been we've just been doing that since and eventually just, you know, getting more and more serious about it. Yeah, so being from California, quick question. Um, the Congrats on Stanford commitment. Obviously, I can't say I'm the biggest fan because my, my family is a big Cal family. I'm wearing the beanie right now. But Stanford's a great running program. We love that, um, representing California and whatnot. Um, can you talk a little bit about that recruiting process and what the Stanford means to you and how you kind of arrived at the decision for the both of you? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think for us, like, I mean, we tried to really take our time with the recruiting process. It started right about, I think, when, like, the NCAA allows it to, which is the summer following your sophomore year, where we started a few conversations with some schools. And for us, it was really about, you know, getting a, you know, genuine, honest look at these schools, seeing, you know, what they have to offer, what we have to offer them, and just figuring out what exactly the best fit is. And that was really difficult, because at the end, when it came down to NEU and Stanford, it was a super tough choice. Obviously, they're both incredible programs, and we just had to really evaluate what we want. And it was a really tough um, decision, especially because, like, you know, Stanford and their academics is, yeah, it's obviously a very impressive 
um, environment there, which is super attractive because of all of our extra interests that we have. You know, we love making the YouTube videos, photography, Lex loves doing his art and stuff. Even aside from running, when it comes to career stuff, we both have ambitions, you know? So it's like there, that was like a big thing. But then also at NAU, you have this ability to really go all into running. And on top of that, yeah, it's just the fact that the idea of living in Flagstaff for that time is so attractive that it made it so hard it made the decision so hard, you know, like Lex and I, we both love nature. We both love going out and kind of just like isolating ourselves in that sense. You know, like we love, we love like runs. Camping. Yeah. We like runs when like, like six miles out, it's just boom, nothing, no, the abyss, you know? So it's like the idea that at NEU, we would be able to get that like every single day made it so much harder when we we're taking the school side by side to like make the decision. But at the end of the day, I think like it really just came down to, you know, like trying to uh, we trying to allow ourselves like as much possible growth in all of those other areas that we find interesting yeah. and on I mean I think we, we would be happy either way but I'm confident that I made a great decision and I'm so excited to live it out how much was Nico putting the cell on NAU <laughs> that's I think Nico didn't really he doesn't definitely wasn't trying to like sell us he did a great job of trying to be unbiased he just made sure that all the facts were out there you know like he wanted yeah. to make sure that we knew all of the all of the strengths of NEU everything it had to offer as well as you know some of the things that maybe he thought wouldn't fit us as well yeah he did a really good job in that way where he wasn't trying to pressure us to go where he went or where you know I mean it was just like it was nice to have that sort of guide because obviously he did want he'd want us to go where he was at but the reality is we probably only end up, end up being there for like one year at the same time. So it wasn't really something that we could really shape the decision around. So for us, it was just like using his own experience to help us learn from that because, you know, he went through a very similar recruiting process. It, it was just great to have that extra knowledge going into it because it was, he, I mean, yeah, he gives great advice. And so in terms of like talking to Stanford, what experiences on campus or like what part of the community or what interactions did you have like in terms of meeting J Coach Clark, JJ Clark, or like interactions with the team, with whether it be Charles Hicks or any of the other guys, what, what were those experiences like, and was what how what made Stanford stand out in that sense? I think like a biggest thing was just like having a really good, genuine connection with the team. You know, throughout the visit, you know, we got to know all the guys who attended um, a long run practice where we got to you know meet them all and stuff, and that was great. Um, and then we just we hung out with the guys for the day. We got to ride some bikes around the campus. You know. And it was just a really good experience. And like amongst, like amid all, like throughout all those activities, we got to get talking, you know, and get to know each other. And I think that like, I thought it was a really wholesome group of guys. That like I could really see myself training with. Cause like the thing is, is like, and, absolute, and I absolutely found that at NEU too, but it was just like, you have to have a sense of like home at a school. You know what I mean? You have to be able to think like, okay, if I'm going to train with these guys and run with this team, like you want to feel, you want to feel comfortable and you want to feel like it's something that like you can get on board, get on board with. And that was absolutely the case. And I think that that was probably like what stood out to me is just that it, it felt natural. So something about Evan and I is that we go to school on the East coast, right? So cross country, high school cross country is significantly different than California. So could you guys talk about the cross country scene in California and from what it's like from the running all the big meets to, you know, the little preparation details for, you know, a specific course, a specific courses to rank, excuse me. In California, it's different than most states in that we not only run the 5k, but we also run the three mile. And that's mm. just like, just one of the weird quirks that California has. 
But as far as training goes, that doesn't really change anything because, you know, 5K is, what, only 200 meters longer. So it's not really yeah. going to change how we're going to train. We're still going to – we through most of the season, I think we held our mileage around 60, 63 miles per week, which is a decent bit. It's not – I wouldn't say it's anything crazy. You know, like there's definitely a lot of programs that go higher and there's definitely a lot of programs that go lower. That's just like what we were hitting. Uh, as far as races go, in California, the biggest races are – Woodbridge, Clovis, and then the state meet. Uh, Woodbridge, we didn't run this year because we wanted to wait until later in the season to start going just because we wanted to have a larger time to build up and train. Clovis is like awesome. It's not as big in terms of like just sheer like numbers of people racing, but it's awesome and just the, in the environment. It's like in, you know, the NCA when you have pre-nats, it's like pre-states because it's on the same course, Woodward Park, which is like hugely historic it's how everyone prepares for the state meet because ultimately in California, that state meet is what you want to get ready for. That's when you want to be your best as a California cross country athlete. And this year, yeah, Clovis went great. It was, it's definitely always a shock in the system, that first race, but you learn from it, you keep going and then you train, you get a nice big train block. And then the thing I really don't like about California is the rounds. Then you go into your league finals, (laughs) yeah, your league finals, uh, Mount Sac, uh, your prelims, your Mount Sac finals, and then the state finals. And it's just like Mount Sac is, uh, if you ask any Newberry Park athlete, we are, our team does not, it's not too fond of that course. It's, it's not the best for a qualifier because it's, it's, it's really volatile in its terrain. And it just is not, uh, it doesn't put your body in a great position to like run fast later on, you know, it kind of takes a larger toll than say the old course Riverside would, but either way uh, we got through, we got to the state meet ran pretty well at the state meet uh i ended up placing first in d2 leo second and the team got the the win which was just amazing uh, and then for california that's actually the 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 qualifier for nxn so that that's the qualifier a lot of people are like wait what how does that work because in the rest of the country you have nxr nike cross regionals but for california we have the state meet and in the merger the top two teams so they merge every single division top two teams go and then they get like an at large usually yeah we got first in the merger which was awesome and we ended up going to nxn nxn it's like from california athletes perspective it's like even bigger than the state meet it, i mean obviously from like any i guess from any perspective just because it is the national meet but it's it's a little bit weird for a california athlete because it's the week directly after the state meet like by the time you get there you've been racing for like i think six weeks in a row so it definitely makes it a little bit difficult but it's yeah i I think california's got it a little bit a little bit rough sometimes but it's also like (laughs) but also it's like we can train all year long so i'll take you know the the cost benefit (laughs) yeah it's also like it's it's, we got like what 65 degrees in the afternoon here people in michigan are like places up north and it's like they're like, I can't run outside. I'm stuck on a treadmill for three months. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like, like shirts off. Yeah, like, I was like shorts and a t-shirt today. Yeah, we were in Riverside for Thanksgiving seeing family and it was like 75, 80 degrees. Riverside like, was especially warm. Yo, yeah, exactly. I was doing like a track work. I was doing like 200 like with my shirt off and it was like the dead of December. And like when we come back to school, it's like in the 20s during the school day and we're freezing our asses yeah. off. Like it's a, just a complete like 180 from California, which is a little bit crazy. But in terms of competition, like, especially talking about NXN, where you guys will see most of your main competition of the season, during those regular season meets and, like, especially during the smaller meets of the year, 
How do you sort of mentally go into those knowing you're not going to face legitimate competition that is going to push you to a faster time and to a faster effort than you would normally expect from like a bigger championship meet like NXN? When it comes to pushing ourselves, I think that like like team races and stuff with Colin and Aaron, just like the past of having like a team where you have like essentially almost like this pack of front runners is that like we've had we've a lot of it was been has been learning to like push ourselves even when like there's not someone like directly challenging you and like really working off each other. That's a big thing that we saw a lot in workouts last year, especially with Colin leading a lot of them and we'd work together and something that uh, Lex, Aaron and I especially tried to um, emulate this year in workouts was like, you know, working together. Maybe Lex and I would pace these longer reps. And then when we got down to those faster ones where you really click it off the end, we'd have Aaron pace it, you know, focus on each other's strengths and work together. And I think that translates to races because then we're able to like, you know, use each other's strengths to help motivate ourselves, even when we don't have all the incredible athletes from the US in the same race. Yep. And so would you say that that training and having this like tight knit bond of like guys who can put each other in, in terms of a front pack, does that help in bigger meets like the national race where you have guys that you're familiar with who you know, you can kind of pace off of and help um, sort of bring through? I think yeah, I think it translates to the national meet, especially because like, you it gives you a little bit more of a sense of confidence because it means that once you get off the line you don't feel quite as lost you know what i mean like i think like i can like looking back to when i ran nxn as a freshman i was just happy to be along for the ride you know it was just <laughs> a crazy experience i remember getting off getting off the line running it and just like i was just like oh my god there's just endless people around me i was like what is going on like it was fun it was a great experience but like there, I didn't have people on my team that were at a similar level to me because I was just so far back. Cause I was just, I was only on the team cause Lex was injured. So I was just really happy to be, <laughs> um, yeah. Like I didn't have that same, like, okay, I need to find my teammates this. It was just like, oh, let's just go after and get through the race. So it was a lot different, especially in a race that tight with so many people looking back on that and like the sense of like feeling lost in a race full of crazy talented athletes compared to like a modern race that we would do where we get off the line and we, the first thing you think is like, where are my teammates? You know, let's work together. Let's make this thing, let's make this thing work. It's, it's a lot different. And I think that having teammates to do that really plays to your strength in us in a race like that. Totally. Yeah. You guys mentioned race days, workouts. What would you guys say are some cool traditions you guys have that make the sport what it is for you? So I guess essentially what makes running fun? <laughs> I think, I think a lot of it is just like, the people that you're running with you know like we've been really lucky that throughout our four years a lot of the people who we're running with are like not just like our training partners but like legitimately like our really good friends you know and I think that's the case on a lot of teams but it's just like having those people to talk to and joke around with you know just not even just while you're running but like the whole practice you know like and even out of practice just makes the whole experience so much more fun and then I think another big thing is just like where you're running like having some variation in the routes, not doing the same thing every single day definitely makes it more enjoyable. Cause it's like, you know, running is a repetitive sport, obviously okay. miles, you got to get miles and, and <laughs> they can get repetitive. So like having different places to run and different variations of those routes can shake things up, especially exploring new things. Like using a run to like explore an area that you haven't been to is, I think that's one of my favorite types of runs to do. They're just like, it's so it's so cool like you know like say you go on a trip with your family for vacation like say you go to like I don't know New Jersey somewhere and you want to explore like use your run as a way to explore that area and get a feel for it it's like you got 10 miles to spend like spend them wisely (laughs) yeah yeah. fun I like doing that it makes it more exciting yeah and so kind of going off of that same point about team culture 
what are the specific habits or specific things that you think your team does really well or Newbury Park in general that you guys, what are these habits that you guys abide by or like sort of everyday kind of routines that you do to make, to keep yourselves healthy and keep yourself successful and at the highest sort of echelon of high school running? From a culture standpoint, I think like if you were to boil down good culture into one term, it would be like run, working hard is cool. You know, like if you think about it that way, it's like it makes it really easy to understand culture. You know, like I think like if you look at any top tier college program or really great high school teams with groups of guys that really want to go after it, you'll see that like there's a common theme that like if a guy is if it's a really hard workout and one of the guys is like really feeling good and working hard and that's going to encourage other people to do that too, because they see that as a good thing. You know, it's not, there's not any like existence of this, like, Oh my God, he's such a try harder. He's working so hard. That's <laughs> like, if, as soon as, if you can eradicate that, you can have really good team culture and things will spring off of that. Yeah, definitely. Just the energy, like, yeah. In a workout, like when you have a group of people all with that same goal, working towards it, like clicking off reps, like, it's just like, that feeling it's just it's something so special just like when everyone has that same mentality and you're just like I don't know in a line on the track clicking off like 63s like it's just like it feels so good love that love that you guys talked about Colin earlier we talked about like a tight team you know so I guess this dates this question could date back to you know when you were in kindergarten like you mentioned earlier who are some people who have had a significant impact on you as a runner or you know have shaped you I mean, I think the most pivotal influence is probably Nico, largely just because like, I think something that's really, really difficult is believing in yourself, especially to the extent where it's like, okay, I, I've run youth track, I've beat this kid or that kid, and this kid beat me, whatever, you know, like you think you're all right, you're doing okay on that scale, but then you get to the high school scale and it's all of a sudden 10 times the size, the races are packed full of people and being able to believe in yourself to run fast and to actually like, you know, go after and think like, hey, maybe sometime I'll win a race, you know, like being able to believe in that is really special. And I think like Nico has been a huge influence because when we got into high school, we had the luxury of being able to see him winning races and working hard. And we got to see what he did on a day-to-day routine. And I think being able to see that allowed ourselves to think like, Hey, we did similar things that, that, that he did when he was our age. Maybe we can do that someday, you know, <laughs> like that. And like, that allowed us to believe in ourselves. And that is the most crucial influence, I think. It's much easier to drive a paved road. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I think I think a big influence that we don't really touch on a lot is from middle school to probably like sophomore year, we did a ton of yard work, which is kind of a, an obscure thing. But like, we would go around to like neighbors houses. And like, we would just like, put in hours just like digging, shoveling, like, raking just whatever they needed and and like we spent a lot of time at this one guy's house and we did a lot of work for him we dug entire like paths on his slope like just these huge bent cut Mm -hmm. cut paths that literally could fit like a golf cart like we did like a lot of work in it like we built brick staircases i think just doing like just doing like that manual labor and like (laughs) doing it like day in and day out like it it was not just like it wasn't like the difficulty of it it was just like the the accountability you know like the work ethic like every single day we we knew the standard that we were trying to work towards and we we're always pushing to 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 improve upon that and it was just like it, i think it definitely influenced a lot more in the running than i would have anticipated at the start because now like looking back at it it's just like 
that's exactly what I'm doing now and running. It's just like, you're always pushing yourself to that next level. And like, you always are trying to achieve it. Like there's no, no excuses. Cause we're, well, yeah. we're getting paid for our work. Cause we're like, so we <laughs> yeah. have to do it correct. You know, we're like, we have to do this right. Yeah. It's like, we and, can't, we're not going to, we're not going to, if we would normally work for like three to four hours at a time and we're like, okay, well we're two and a half hours in. We're not, you can't just leave, you know, it's like in sure. a run four miles into an eight mile run you're not going to stop you know you're not going to stop at 7.96 you're going to get to that full eight i mean we wouldn't even take that accountability is like it's like i think it translates to so many other things and there's so many places that people derive that from but i think for us it really came from the yard work oh definitely yeah yeah i can we can actually kind of relate to that too yeah. back in the days of, of of middle school and lower school so my grandma owns a bunch of properties out in santa clara near stanford and so we are always down we were down there every single summer working with my dad on the properties cleaning the gutters mowing the lawns um you know raking the leaves all that good stuff getting paid minimum wage as as as, as a child you maybe you should experience but yeah i think that a sense of accountability is a really good point that you bring up and sort of relating to that and since in terms of accountability and bringing, bringing those, so all of those habits together, when was a moment early in your running career that you sort of realized like, hey, like I, there's some, I have something here in this sport. Like I, I can do something with this and I can bring this forward in my future. Like what was that moment of realization of, of like how good you could possibly be? I think for me, it was just my first race when I, uh, I got like, we ran this pretty it was like a decent sized invitational in in pasadena california um and i was we raced a b team and i got third in the race which was like way quicker than i thought i would run and i was just like whoa like that's like really good and really fast like i ran a time way faster than i thought i was capable of and i was like oh my god like this is crazy like i I pushed myself so hard like i I like pushed my body past the limit than i that i have ever had ever done before up to that point so it's just like that was that was huge for me at least i think for me a lot of it came down to like as a freshman like in the like in the track season right before everything like shut down or i guess some of it during that too when i was still kind of training it was like I, I would do some races or i guess later time trials and i would as a freshman i would run times so i'd run like a mile or i'd run this and like i didn't really know the sport that well yet but i'd finish and people would be like whoa you ran that as a freshman or something like that and i'm like oh maybe it's pretty good you know and it'd be like and it like the sense that like maybe like what I did at my age was like enough to like you know kind of like put someone off for a second they're like huh then I was like wait maybe I could do something do more things that would like I guess be be impressive you know so I was like oh maybe I've really got something here so then I really I really started to put in the work that summer going into the sophomore year so I guess we discovered Leo's true motivation for running just uh, <laughs> a look of awe in people's eyes. No, that's not it. But it was like, it's like, if I, like, I didn't know, like, I didn't attribute any, like, any, like, meaning to necessarily, like, what I was doing. But then other people were like, hey, that's pretty good. And, like, I didn't realize it. It took other people to point the, out that what I was doing was, like, you know, impressive for where I was at. And that, that like, gave me the motivation, like, wait, I could do better. I think you're saying the exact same thing. Okay, whatever, said. whatever, whatever. <laughs> All right, all right. All right. Moving on. on. Um, Something Evan and I were really looking forward to picking your guys' brains about today is your training regimen, particularly, I guess, in terms of coaching during the season. So how would you guys describe, you know, the coaching philosophy you guys have at Newberry Park and how that has led to your enormous success and continuous development as runners? I think the big thing is just Sean taking over the program, Nico's freshman year. I mean, he was a super experienced runner. Like he's been all around the running world. Like he has a lot of connections. He knows what it takes to be really good. He made sure that like 
he he showed all the guys that like if you want to be good you can but you got to be willing to like put in the work because as a coach Sean like he's 100% committed like he will do everything he can to be the best coach for you so and that means that if you want to be your best you got to give 100% too and I think just I think all the guys just understanding what that means what 100% means I don't like he said it before like he doesn't think anyone really understands what 100% truly means and I think that's probably true 100% is is that's something that not a lot of people are willing to do but when you do fully commit yourself anything is possible like if you're willing if you're willing to work as hard as you can day in and day out and do everything it takes I think it's that's at its core what Newberry Park really I think is about it's just everyone shared that mentality and they shared that that dream so what does that 100 percent mean to you guys like what does that how does that define your daily life what does that mean about the way you go about your life how does that what does that 100 percent mean to you then it well, means everything i mean well we sure i don't really think we can definitely go but get to we can tick closer to that 100 percent mark it's like the like in philosophy like a common like idea is that like there's no real such thing like you can't ever be perfect but like the only real thing about perfection is trying to get closer to it and that's the whole concept with trying to put in 100% is that you can't ever really give in 100%, but it's always just trying to give a little more. For us, like day in and day out, I think it really just comes down to like, you know, being really methodical about what we do. You know, like if I, con- if I contrast like maybe like myself, like four years ago versus now, like decisions I would make that maybe now would better influence my training versus then, it's just like learning to do things smarter so then you can like you know train smarter and stuff like maybe like as a freshman like if I knew I had a tempo in the afternoon I might still like eat something pretty crappy for lunch or something like that you know but like now it's like if I know I have a tempo I'm like well I really don't want to have a stomach ache the entire run so I'm gonna try to maybe eat something that'll sit better while I do it I feel like it really just comes down to like the compilation of little things like that that get you closer and of course I mean mentally mentally a huge huge thing is like how you can commit yourself like I feel like my tall my tolerance for putting myself through pain day in and day out well not really day in and day out but really just like the hard days because you can't it's it's never a good idea for every day to be like hard 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 you know that's that's not healthy you know it comes yeah, down yeah. To those days where it's supposed to be hard being able to really make it hard and being able to slowly make it harder over time is getting closer to that 100% which is something that like I, I always want to get better at. And so speaking about like that hard, like the hard workouts, the hard, I don't know, the hard days. And so to speak, I, I mean, I was browsing YouTube the other day and I was just going through my running feed and whatever. And I came across, I don't know if you guys are familiar, familiar with this, Yassin Abdallah. He runs at Tennessee. He transferred from Texas. He, uh, he hang- anchored the DMR for Texas and during the indoor season last year, he won the national title. But Yassin Abdallah has this YouTube account where he kind of documents every, one, every month or so kind of his running, his running journey. If he runs a 10K here or there, if he runs a 5K, maybe he does an indoor mile. But he made this video the other day after his NCAA um, performance at Stillwater um, for that cross-country race. And he got like 30th, 33rd, I think he got. And he made a video of him throwing his All-America medal into a river. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> um, but in that video... He said that when he was in high school, he, when he was a first to sophomore, and he, this all started out as a daydream in his high school math class, he was a 24, 16, 5K guy. And he was a complete nobody, like absolutely had nothing to do with the running community at all. And by the end of his senior year, he dropped down to like a low 14, I think. And he said he'd done that by putting in the craziest sort of training you would ever seen in your life. He said he was doing like six workouts a week, 
where like seven by mile during the summer, like hundred like hundred mile weeks as a, a junior out of high school, and he was just essentially just killing himself. And I'm wondering if you guys have a, a take on that about like if you want to see extreme improvements, you have to go to extreme measures, like the saying like if you want to change, you have to be the change. What is your thought about the the whole killing yourself philosophy to get insane results? I think there's definitely uh, like anything you know there's like there's good and parts good and bad parts of it like you definitely want to I don't think you want to kill your body because you gotta you gotta respect it in the sense that if you go too hard sometimes that can be negative and you can actually get injured and then you can you know instead of taking a step forward you might take a step backwards and it's I think hearing what you just said I'm just impressed the guy didn't get like horribly injured because like, well, it's like you go from like like most people like can probably handle that stuff but like it's you normally you want to like incrementally uh increase that but I think yeah if you want to be great at something like fully dedicate yourself and that doesn't mean necessarily like you have to go out and run 100 miles a week just think about the little things you know every decision you make just like think like okay of the options which one do I think will really help me in the long term for my running the most and just having that always in the back of your head and always that little motivation will just like it's that that adds up over time and it's just like it's that accountability that everything you're doing is for that goal like you will get results if you're doing that like if you really are doing that you'll see your full potential I think that's so cool that he did that I mean that (laughs) that is absolutely that is absolutely like inspirational It, it puts things in proportion like what most high school runners are doing if you're like oh my god if this kid could do that when when he never did that before and just went after it like i sure could do what i'm doing you know what i mean it's like that's yeah, really cool because in, in that video he'd been talking about like oh yeah i did i was never part of these big races i was never like in the pack with them like he said he went to nxn to watch nico young finish and win by 15 seconds and he was in the crowd like he wasn't even in the race and he was doing all these things just to like kind of help realize his dream and he did it, which is kind of crazy because there's a totally like the mental aspect of that, which is like you are willing to go all in, which I think is awesome. Like his mentality there, but like his sort of crazy lifestyle of like, I think he said he was also getting up at two and he was like getting up at two in the morning to double and then sleeping till noon and then doing another workout at like 7 p.m. Because like he just did not like he was just crazy about running and wanting to get better. And so I think that mentality is awesome. And also the point you guys made about kind of not trying to hammer your body into the ground in a sense. So kind of trying to balance the two is I think is a great uh, balance you can find. I want to touch on nutrition. Uh, Leah, you talked about, you know, poor decisions in terms of eating freshman year. How has that changed over your four years? And like, what's, what's, you know, going into a big me or what, what not, um, you know, what are you eating? I mean, that's a really good question because nutrition is like, nutrition is a really tough thing. And I think it's really specific to, to everyone. I feel like for me, like, my experience with like nutrition and making sure that I'm getting everything I need when it goes into races and workouts and all of that is like, I mean, it's like, I think my mindset on is vastly different now than it probably was even a short while ago. A lot of it comes down to, to Nico cause he's uh, majoring in nutrition and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So he's, he's a huge influence there. And I think that like talking to him a lot, especially over this break and stuff has helped me quite a bit. I think like a big thing is just like, making sure you get enough in and making sure you get enough of the right things and listening to yourself before a race. Like you want to make sure, like, I don't know all the terms and stuff that, that Nico knows, but a lot of it comes down to like making sure that you have like enough of the nutrients that you need, which is often more than you might anticipate just fueling properly. So then once you get into the race, when your body is really, really, really working, 
and it's starting to access different storages of nutrients, it has everything that it that it needs. Well, I think I think a big thing is just uh, unprocessed foods. You know, like trying to yeah. eat foods like as close to their root form as possible. The less processing they go through, usually the better. That's not like like a rule for all, but like generally, I think it just usually relates to how healthy the food is. Obviously, some things are just going to be not the best for you, like no matter uh, how processed they are. I, and as far as like races go, like you just got to like, like Leo was saying, the fueling, like it's, you, you got to make sure you have enough in your system, right? Because your body is going to use a lot of energy and your food is your energy. So like, don't try and eat less food because you're, oh, I want to be lighter. I want to be this, like, just, just eat when you're hungry, eat what you need to fuel, because that's how you're going to run your best. Like you got to have the energy. I've had workouts before where like in it, I'm like, Oh, I feel so bad. I feel so weak. And it's like, I know that feeling like when I didn't eat enough beforehand, like I can just feel that weakness in my body. And it's like, you don't want that. Like give your body the fuel it needs. Cause you will feel a lot better when you're running. If you have that, of course you can go right. too, but like, usually it's like, as long as you're like, just satisfying your hunger, you're, you're good. <laughs> can you guys speak to the whole Sean Brosnan, no dairy thing? Oh my God. I mean, I think that's really just, that's just a thing with him. I personally, <laughs> I love cheese. I don't really drink glasses of milk any anymore. I guess I guess he got me on that one. Yeah, he does. He really doesn't like dairy. I mean, I, I think there's certainly some basis to that. I think that like, but it's also like there's so many schools of thought when it comes to nutrition that like it's it's really difficult to take like a like I don't know like to be really confident on whatever stance you're taking. I definitely think I definitely believe in moderation, and I def, I don't think you should only be eating dairy. 100% of the time and you definitely but I'd also don't I'd also don't think I would completely cut it out maybe it's fine I mean for me personally like I just I love cheese and stuff like that um in the winter I really like eggnog and it's like I'm not quite ready to give up the dairy entirely but I I sure don't have as much of it as before but he sure hates it <laughs> <laughs> no yeah totally and in terms of nutrition as well and racing when you get in a race and you're you know you like know you're having a day does that effort come out of pain or come out of like feeling smooth? Because we've had an ad, we had, we had this shout out Bradley, Bradley, listen to this. Thank you for this, um, for this tip. But we had a guy named Bradley. He runs at Williams now, but Bradley said that usually when he PRs, he is in pain. Like you're, you're never going to feel good when you're PRing. Is that true? Do you think that's true? Or do you, when you're having a day, is it cause everything went right nutrition wise, training wise, and now your legs are just flowing. I think it's a balance. I think that like the faster, you run, the more you pass the threshold of smoothness and into the threshold of pain, you learn to really just like push yourself so hard that there is no such thing as not being in pain towards the end of the race. But like, I mean, I can look back to some races. Like I think when I, when I ran, I think both times I've won, won run Woodridge my freshman year when I ran it, I was in, I think I was in the B race. The last time I ran it as a junior, both of time, both times, whatever reason, I think things really lined up on the day and I felt really good. And that was an example where I, looking back on those races, thought I had a great race and towards and throughout those races, I felt really smooth and the success in the PR was largely derived from feeling smooth. Now, another example of where that wasn't the case would be like, I'd say like last track season, we did, I think it was meet of the champions um, in California at Azusa Pacific. And I was doing a mile and that race call and pace the first two laps of it. And then I was kind of on my own towards the end and I ran like it was 359 in the 1600 and four flat in the mile. It was a really good race. It was just uh, like a month or so coming back from an injury. 
I was really getting ready to kill to go for a good track season and stuff like that. At least I thought I was that coming through that finish. I was just like, I was in agony. That was so tough. I was starting to really, really lock up and I sure felt it after and afterwards it probably took me like an hour just to be able to cool down because I was so nauseous and, and out of it, but I PR, but it came from pain, pain, pain while running. Um, I'm sure you guys felt that while running NXN. I remember watching it live from my dorm room and that was that was one hell of a race um there's one kid who you know we've run against that was i was just kind of just trying to spot but anyway obviously it wasn't the outcome a prefer preferable outcome you know i believe it's safe to say that you guys have had your your fair share of success during big meets where do you go from here how do you bounce back for us i think the best way to back bounce back is to learn from every experience and it's really i think what a lot of people say is really true you know it's a lot you learn a lot more from a from a failure than a success you know what i mean and it was by no means a failure we both had yeah uh, you know good races we ran fast we committed ourselves especially when we reflect on it in ways like that i have to think back to the actual race and think about my mindset throughout it my commitment to pushing myself and things like that and at the end of the day like i was really really confident in my performance during the race by that i mean like i felt like i did a good job executing the plan and committing myself to really going after it now that doesn't control how necessarily my body performed but like mentally and when it comes to that looking back I felt like it was a good like I did a good job there now of course we didn't finish where we wanted to be but like when we analyze it from the perspective of what we did and like go do trying to do what we wanted you have to realize that like like we have to try to we have to think like oh well we went into it with a plan and we try to execute it to the best of our ability. That's something that I've been working on for a really long time. Now, if I can dial in the other side of things, which is you know nutrition and hydration and sleep and all of these kinds of factors that, um, and of course, strategy too. Just because we executed the plan doesn't mean it was the right plan. you know. And I think bouncing back comes down to knowing those factors and you know gaining some insight from how that race went and trying to apply you know, the things that we thought we did right and modify the things that we did wrong into the next coming race. And I mean, you know, if you look at it from an experimental perspective, it was fantastic. I mean, especially with having run so many big races like that, over the years, what have you found works for you guys in terms of a race week training? Like what works in terms of nutrition, sleep, um, maybe sort of your running? Like what have you found to work for you guys in terms of getting ready for a race of the week before? The biggest thing is just consistency. Like your race week, I don't think should be different than your other weeks. Like maybe just to a little bit of a heightened degree, like whatever you do normally, whatever kind of sleep you normally get, what kind of food you normally eat, like eat the same foods, try and get like that same sleep, maybe a little bit more sleep, but like you can sleep too much. So like, don't be getting like 12 hours of sleep every night. Like maybe if you normally sleep eight, get, try and get nine hours of sleep a night. You know, like, it's just like, keep those things the same. That way your body's working on the same things. You don't want to be like swapping out parts on your car. Like, you know, the week before your race, you know, like you want to keep things that are tried and true. That way, when it comes to it, you don't have those unknown factors. And so moving a little bit away from the, from the whole like training and racing side of it, like obviously there's the hard days, obviously there's the races, but coming with that in terms of a training schedule, there's also ha the recovery days, there's the off days. What do those days look like for you guys? Well, the, the off days is we don't, some days we take off. Normally it's just like a shakeout run. Like we'll usually run every single day of the week. But it's just like, it's just the focus, you know, like on the hard days, 
we're trying to go hard. We're ready to hurt. And we just want to make sure that when we're doing those reps, when we're trying to go fast, we really do put ourselves where we got to be in the easy days. It's like, yeah, obviously we can go faster, but like, it's important for our bodies that we take a couple steps back and just let ourselves recover. Cause that's, what's going to allow us to work harder in the next workout and continue to improve. And also kind of on the media side of things, you guys have started a YouTube channel, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen already, LNL Productions. You also have Run Fast Apparel, kind of goes well with the branding of our podcast. Can you guys talk about what you guys have learned and how that came about, LNL, and what you guys have kind of, how you guys have grown over making those things and producing them and being kind of in charge of the whole production of those operations? Yeah, I mean, I think like the thing that makes like LNL a fun thing for us to do is that it's really like authentic, especially in origin. We started it, I think 2016, really all we wanted was just to kind of like hold a camera and have fun. We really just wanted to film stuff and we were filming like the silliest stuff um, and just posting it on YouTube. It's all private and now, so don't even get your hopes up. But um, <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to do something with a camera. So we started doing that. And then eventually I think as sophomores, yeah, sophomores in high school, we made a few videos about running and they did significantly better than anything else because, you know, that was somewhere where like people actually wanted to to um watch and i think that like kind of going off of nico's name it was able to build a little bit of traction and that made us realize wow this is something that maybe like you know if we did it more about this we could really get some traction with it and it just kind of grew from there and that's what that that made that a super um fun thing and it still is and really like the lessons that i've learned from it especially from youtube i found that making the YouTube videos for me has been super beneficial because like, especially when it comes to making race videos, because a lot of people, I mean, there's always been concern like, oh, Lex, Leo, like from our coaches, like, what, what, isn't this going to distract, you know, like, yeah, I was gonna ask that. Or, you know, we're filming the day before and this and that, like, isn't that a distracting thing? Like, but I've actually, I found like kind of the inverse effect. I found that like, when I'm filming like the day before the race and I'm filming like our pre-race or I'm filming even like the day of like, it doesn't usually distract me because the content is focused on the race. It means that I want to kind of like record the things that I'm doing. And often those things are to prepare myself for the race. And when I'm doing it on video, you obviously want to like present yourself, you know, at your best. And often that just means that it helps me kind of do things as well as I can so that I'm as best prepared as possible. And in that sense, it's been, I think, really helpful. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely an accomplishment as far as your YouTube channel has come when kids your own age are coming up to you for to line up and get pictures and autographs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of fanboying at the Bixby Park run. That was a lot of fun. That was so much fun. Can we get an, an insider update about that YouTube video? Is it is it coming out? Is that was that a scratch or? Um, I think we're gonna we didn't shoot a ton of content, so we'll probably end up putting um we'll probably incorporate into another yeah. video, maybe the camping video. Yeah, we're making a video of this camping trip we did over break. So we'll probably try and merge the two together so then we get a little bit of both. Because neither one, I don't think either was probably big enough to be a full video on its own. So the camping trip was like the day after, so it worked perfect. Yeah. Also nice. we're kind of keeping we're I think we're hanging a little low in January just because like I mean, we've been work, doing videos all long cross season and stuff. And January, for some reason, not many people really watch. So we're just like, okay, let's just take this month as kind of like a break and then really, you know, get back at it in February. So that's what we're kind of doing. But I think like the whole camping plus the group run will be awesome. And we need to do more of those group runs because that was so yeah, much fun. So good. I mean, like, it's like what Lex was saying in the first question. We're like, well, one of the things that make running makes running fun is the people you're running with. And when you get to get together with a group of like 50 or 60 kids that like, 
all love running and you get to talk to them, that certainly makes running fun. And I, I think I can say, I can say fairly confidently that that was probably one of the fastest passing eight mile runs I've done. <laughs> I think miles as a freshman can say that as well. Pretty much dying by that second six thirty mile we put down around oh, mile man. six or seven. So I'm surprised he hung on, but he was there for the strides too. I'm surprised I hung on. I was supposed to be recovering that day. No, that, that was that was yeah, that, that was, was a, a lot of fun. I just want to say thank you for coming out to the bay and posting that. Of course, it was I'm it was incredible the the people that showed up and the support there was to it. it makes me want to do this all the time. Yeah. Speaking of laying low yeah. in January, do you guys have a winter indoor training schedule, indoor racing schedule, anything like that? Or are you guys just gonna sort of it's just base building, just mileage, anything like that? Um, well, if all if all goes as planned, we have a race and um from today it's like eight days out because we're doing we're gonna do like the cross champ championships in Virginia because it's a U twenty division which should be really exciting because it's an eight K so it'll give us some great experience preceding uh, college. And then if we do really well there, we have the, you know, the kind of far out potential of maybe making that U20 world team, which would take us to Australia in February. Really, it's just kind of like that seems like such a fun experience. Racing in Virginia seems like a lot of fun. The potential of going all the way to Australia is absolutely mind blowing. And if we could give ourselves a shot to do that, we feel like it's absolutely worth it to do that. So that's kind of like the winter season. And then maybe we'll throw in a, maybe we'll do like a indoor race towards the end and like late february early march or something if if things go well and if like we're, we're healthy and feeling it but i don't know it's kind of yeah. just on fun yeah because our team here at loomis we're putting together a, a four by mile squad so we're hoping to see you guys there maybe not okay. since you've already taken down that record but if you want to spin back we'll see you at new balance nationals hopefully awesome. yeah we're headed up to dartmouth this weekend so hopefully we can get that standard and then oh, awesome. then hopefully move from there i was talking to my college counselor the other day because she, she had her first meeting what is like what is school like if if you're such prominent athletes if you are like maybe maybe it's pretty niche like the running high school running community i don't know how it is at newbury park but um she's really interested in knowing about like how like what is high school like for you guys is it just like a normal like high school type of lifestyle or is it is it something different it's i mean we go to school every single day just like a normal high schooler we take like ap and ib classes and it's just like it's a lot of homework like i think once we once, uh, once I finish eating dinner, then I'm just going to have to come right back up here in my room and just like finish up with like a big essay or something. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fairly regular. Yeah. It's... And like, yeah, that's an, that's actually, that's interesting thing is like in, in high school running, like, like our prominence in the high school running scene really doesn't translate to like at school, which is, I yeah. think pretty cool because it just, it gives like a super, um, normal, regular experience where there's not this like, oh, he runs this you know like so, like it's just it's like kind of like an escape from running in the sense that it's just like it's just a normal high school experience and it's a lot of fun well yeah that's, that's our like one audience audience question we had but once again thank you guys for taking the time we appreciate it we hope this episode does well maybe we can get some more awesome guests like you guys on maybe have you guys back on once everything has gone well at stanford maybe get an update we'll see how things pan out but thank you guys for taking the time i just want to say thank you for coming on you know it means a lot to have you know Lex and Leo Young come on, especially for small podcasts like ours. We just started this as a summer project this summer. So, you know, to have guests of your magnitude just means a lot. Of course. I mean, yeah. thanks for having us on. You guys did such a great job organizing all the questions and making it, you know, flow well and just, you know, showing us a good time on the air. Once again, it's been Run Fast Podcast, episode number six, I believe. So we're getting rolling here. But yeah, thank you guys for taking the time. I just want to say... I hope you guys hold another group run in the bay. Yes. Uh, I'll definitely, I'll, we'll definitely make an appearance at that one. So sick, we sure will.